to Sense and Sensibility, the Inflation Guy podcast. I am Michael Ashton. I am the Inflation Guy, and I am your host. And today on the podcast, we're going to do something a little bit different. You know, it may come as no surprise that I've read a lot of books about inflation. If you're going to be the Inflation Guy, you kind of have to read almost everything about inflation that crosses your desk. And and actually, when we had our, our old website, I had a sort of a catalog of just hundreds and hundreds of scholarly works on various aspects of inflation, everything from, you know, how, uh, you know, uh, the, the history of the original CPI contract uh, idea from this from 1973 and uh, to, you know, uh, some of the works that I'm going to talk about today and, and um, commodities stuff and everything. Today, I'm just going to talk about books because I, I get asked a bunch, you know, what what what's a good book to read about inflation? And of course, the answer isn't just one book. There are lots of, of good books about inflation. So this episode is going to be sort of a, a survey of, I've got a pile here on my desk of, I don't know, half a dozen books or something that I want to talk about. And, um, and we'll have the um, links to them in, in the show notes. Um, but uh, anyway, before I get into that, we'll do the word from our sponsor and the trivia question, and then we'll launch right into it. This episode of Sense and Sensibility is sponsored by Simplify ETFs. Simplify is a manager of alternative ETFs solving today's most pressing portfolio challenges. This includes income solutions like SVAL, yield curve plays like TUA, TUA, and 6040 diversifiers such as CTA. If you are an individual investor or an RIA, you will likely find that something they have done addresses a particular problem you have that you didn't know was solvable. Check out their website at simplified.us. That's simplified.us. And you can find their entire lineup of ETFs at simplified.us slash ETFs. And... Um, Trivia question. So the trivia question, so last week we had a movie question, and, and some people liked it. It was an interesting one. Uh, so here's another one from the, uh, the silver screen. Um, classic, okay? In all three Godfather movies, what fruit is associated with an impending death or a near miss, according to the Internet Movie Database? So since there would be debate, I have to actually have a citation here. So according to that, what fruit is associated with the, an impending death or near miss uh, in the Godfather movies? So, oh, and then one other little item. Um, we have rolled out a new website. I mentioned it at the end of last week's episode, and it might have gotten a little lost. But it's EnduringInvestments.com, same website, but we've, we've revamped it. And I'd be really interested if, if you want to go look. See what you think and let me know if you if you have an opinion. I would appreciate it. So anyway, last week's episode was was very, um, uh, I don't know, very specific. You know, if you're not managing an endowment, it might not have been for you. Um, this episode is, is much more broad-based. If you read then and you have any interest in, in economic history, then, uh, then you'll you'll likely find some something here that I'm going to talk about uh, an interesting read. Certainly, you know, like I said, my bookshelf is filled with um, uh, various reference tomes on on uh, inflation-linked bonds, inflation derivatives. I've actually contributed to a couple of these things. Uh, I wrote a uh, chap chapter on commodities with 
uh, Bob Greer of Pimco for one of these books. Um, and, you know, a lot of them are very, very good. Um, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and you've heard about a lot of them, you know, Devil Take the Hindmost, The Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds, uh, Reminiscences of a Stock Operator, you know, a lot of general trading books and, and economic history books um, are outstanding. I want to specifically talk about books that, that touch on or, or have as a theme, a main theme, inflation and the process of inflation. Um, and, and you, you've heard of some of these perhaps, but I, I warrant you have not probably heard of all of them. Um, I'm going to start with some of the history books because I think it's really important. You know, of course, obviously we say those who do not learn history are doomed to repeat it. When it comes to inflation, you know, we've got, you know, a couple thousand years of, of history on inflation, you know, going back to the, the history of the Roman denarius, um, and, uh, you, know, you know, obviously lots and lots of, uh, of, of history of not just inflation, but hyperinflation. And the hyperinflationary episodes are, of course, you know, much more exciting. Uh, we hopefully have learned enough from these things that, that, you know, episodes of hyperinflation in developed economies with you know, reasonably cog, you know, cognizant central banks are unlikely, um, but you know, they're still possible. We still see around, you know, in the last couple of decades, we've had inflations in various places in Brazil, Zimbabwe, South Africa, you know, and and so um, actually, I don't know if South Africa ever got to actual hyperinflation, but but anyway, we 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 have episodes of this still, and but even if we don't. If, if we're not going to have a hyperinflation um, in the United States, for example, still understanding where hyperinflation comes from, um, you know, it's an edge case, and and hyperinflation is not a, it, it's a to, it's a different animal from a regular inflation, but a lot of the causes are similar. Um, the the what causes a hyperinflation and the difference from a regular inflation. And how you get from one to the other is is you have a complete loss of confidence in in the currency, and that's how you get from regular inflation to hyperinflation. Well, how do you get to a complete loss of confidence in the currency? Well, how you get there is by going through a regular inflation and the things which cause a regular inflation. Um, and so, the, the first thing I I want to recommend as a, as, as a book, it's a book that's out of print, but it's also it's out of copyright, and so you can get it for free on the internet. And um, it's called um, uh, Fiat Money Inflation in France. Um, and it was, uh, it's, uh, the most recent version of this was published in, in 1933. And it covers the, the, um, the great inflation that happened in the late 1700s. Uh, in France. And it's a fascinating story. It's very easy read. It's, um, I don't know, 60 pages or something like that. Um, and it's, no, it's more than that, maybe 70 pages. But, um, but it's, it's really fascinating about how uh, a government um, that was also sort of the issuer of the currency, you know, got out of control a little bit by, you know, debasing the currency and, and you know, backing it with you know, the church's lands and then seizing the church's lands. And it's a really, it's a, it's a very, uh, uh, 
be a great it's a great soap opera kind of story actually but but it's a you know a story about a government that uh starts doing something with the best of intentions and then things sort of uh you know get rolling and and really bad things happen so it's a, a great read it's a real page turner i i recommend it um another and, and you know when we think about if you mention hyperinflation of the average man on the street today well, okay, the slightly above average man on the street, you know, and you ask, well, where have we seen hyperinflation? The most common answer you get is going to be Weimar Germany. So, you know, post-war Germany, uh, post-World War I Germany. And there's an excellent book on that particular episode called When Money Dies, and that's by Adam Ferguson. Oh, I, you know, by the way, I forgot to mention for the, for the first uh, book was written by Andrew Dixon White. Um, and, and part of what was neat about that um, book, by the way, is that the um, there's a foreword by John Mackey. And John Mackey is not related to Charles Mackey, who wrote Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. Um, Charles Mackey was a Scottish, uh, but John Mackey was, is interesting anyway because he was an American industrialist. Um, and uh, anyway, it, so that was um, – let me – Go back to when money dies, and when minute, when money dies was written by Adam Ferguson, and it's about Weimar Germany, and and it's a great read because when we think about Weimar Germany, and you think about the stories of people pushing around wheelbarrows full of currency, which really happened, um, you know there are there's actually the cover um, photo on the book that I have, the copy the version that I have, and it shows paper banknotes, you know, in the street and somebody with a whisk broom sweeping them, you know, in, in the curb, you know, by the, uh, by the gutter. Um, and it's a, an actual photo from the time. But so that's what we think of. And, and so you, you think that, okay, well, you know, this has something to do with excessive printing of, of, uh, banknotes. And, it, and that's true. But the, the background of how that happened is itself really a fascinating story and much more involved than you would think. The people who, you know, the the way this all started, you know, was was with some fairly, I guess, honest misunderstandings and mistakes that again sort of steamrolled and and uh, turned into the hyperinflation. So that's when money dies um, by Adam Ferguson. Um, so that's a very good book. And then uh, also in the um, in the history category, um, two more I'll recommend. One is, uh, by Christopher Whalen called inflated how money and debt built the American dream. Now, um, this book much more recently written, um, and it starts with a quote or rather, I guess, on the uh, overleaf before the before the table of contents, um, uh, Whalen has a quote from uh, from Hayek, um, and Hayek being sort of a a well known, I guess, monetarist ish kind of uh, thinker. But anyway, the um, this book, Inflated, is a great. It covers um, uh, the U.S. history of money and inflation. And it goes back to, you know, the Bank of the United States and Andrew Jackson and the Panic of 1837 and the Gold Rush, and uh, and then you know comes all the way up to um, 
you know, fairly current. Um, and so it's, it's again, it, so if, if the first couple of books that I recommended give you a general idea of how hyperinflation happens, inflated is more about our American experience um, and, you know, historically how we built our monetary institutions um, and, and where we've made mistakes along the way. Um, so how, that's inflated. Um, and then one more in the history category that I've got in front of me. And of these four, this is probably my least favorite of the four, but it's, it's, um, and, and, and of the four, it's probably the one that I agree with least, um, all of the assertions, but it's by, um, uh, it's called the great inflation and its aftermath, the past and future of American affluence. And it's written by Robert J. Samuelson, no relation to Robert Samuelson, who wrote the best-selling textbook of all time, um, uh, economics. If you've ever taken an economics, macroeconomics course, you probably studied Samuelson, but it wasn't this Samuelson. So uh, this Samuelson um, is a columnist for Newsweek and the Washington Post and, and so on. So the great inflation in its aftermath is specifically about the sort of the, the you know, the 1970s and the early 1980s. Um, and one of the things that he says that, and one of the things I sort of uh, like about this, and I, I, not sure if I can find the quote real quickly flipping through it, but he says something to the effect of, you know, the um, the Fed has has made lots and lots of small mistakes over time, but they only made two really big mistakes, and that was the Great Depression, and the second was the Great Inflation, and that's a that's a fair reading of Federal Reserve history, um, and um, anyway, so the Great Inflation in, the, in its aftermath, so. Where whereas the the Christopher Whalen book is a is a survey history of America, uh, American history and American banking history and monetary history and inflation, um, the the Great Inflation and its aftermath is obviously specifically about the 1970s and, and early 1980s. So those are four kind of you know economic history books that I'd sort of throw out for your consideration, um, and I've read all of them and and I like all of them. Um, a book that I would, I would include, and it's, it's, um, I guess it's not, I guess it's, it's not specifically about inflation, but it's about money. Um, but if you're going to read a monetarist, you have to, at some point, read Milton Friedman. And, and Milton Friedman, uh, the favorite book of his, um, uh, my favorite book of his, um, isn't necessarily free to choose, although that's a great book. But Money Mischief, I think, gets to the heart of what I do, which is, you know, inflation. Um, it's called Money Mischief, Episodes in Mo Monetary History. Um, I interviewed uh, uh, Milton Friedman back in uh, episode 15 of this uh, of this podcast, which, again, is really remarkable since he, he died many years ago. But, um, but uh, Milton Friedman... Uh, again, it covers a lot of the, a lot of the history that Whalen covers, but more specifically, and obviously from a a really uh, high intellectual uh, level, um, you know the William you know bimetallism and William Jennings Bryan and you know the, the you know eighteen seventy three panic. So a lot of the same sorts of things, but but specifically from the monetary. Um, the, the monetary angle. And in fact, reading that book along with the Whalen book as a kind of companion piece, I think if I was going to, to teach a course on 
American inflation history, I would probably use those two books as my main uh, as my main uh, textbooks. So, um, there's a um, I'm going to include a book here that is mostly wrong, and <laughs> and um, and and I will say this is a book that I I never quite finished because it's devilishly hard to read. It's just a, it's, it's not wonderful reading. Um, but it is a, um, it's important to understand if you are, I would say if you're an economist and you specialize in inflation, then you should have read Alan Blinder, uh, Alan Blinder asking about prices, a new approach to understanding price stickiness. Now, price stickiness is a way of saying that we're Keynesians. And in order to make anything related to Keynesianism work, we have to pretend that there's this weird thing that happens with prices, that they're sticky, and we want to understand why. Now, that's certainly true. Prices are sticky, but you can't rehabilitate Keynesianism just with that assumption. Um, however, this book is, you know, there's a lot of really, really good research in here. Um, this is, you know, studying the phenomenon of how prices change. And I've got a, a great academic interest in that. When I meet, you know, people at cocktail parties or cross-country dinners or whatever, um, and I ask them what they do and they tell me what they do, my next question is, you know, tell me how it is you price your product, you know. Okay, you work in a coffee shop. Interestingly, I'm curious, you know, how often do you change your prices? Why do you change your prices? Does the does the price of coffee beans affect your prices at all or is it pretty much all labor or, you know, whatever? And and I think that that's it's important to understand if you want to understand inflation, you better understand how people set and change prices. And that's what this whole book is about, or at least as much as I've able been able to read. Um Anyway, it's not just Blinder. It's Alan Blinder, Kennedy, LeBeau, and Rudd. Um, asking about prices, a new approach to understanding price stickiness. Now, I should say it says a new approach, but this was uh, published in 1998, so the approach is no longer new, whatever the approach was. Um, so I recommend that. you got to recommend people you disagree with if you're going to you know, study Keynesianism and attack Keynesianism, you occasionally have to read someone who actually believes in it and see what their excuses are. Um, okay, I'm just going to cover two more here, and uh, and I think I'll read, leave the fun one kind of for the end. Um, the, the current one, and I've even mentioned this previously, I think, on the podcast, um, and it's a very recent, it actually is since COVID, um, a book by a Goodart and Pradden called The Great Demographic Reversal, Aging Societies, Waning Inequality, and, and an Inflation Revival. And I think this is an excellent book, and not just because they basically say what I've been saying for a while. <laughs> um, they say it in a much better way and support it with lots more data. So it's, um, you know, um, the uh, chapter nine is why didn't it happen in Japan? A revisionist history of Japan's evolution. And I deal with this all the time. People say, you know, well, when the society ages, then, you know, you get, um, you know, you get, uh, uh, you know, deflation, you know, because of an aging society, just look at Japan and what happened in Japan has nothing to do with the aging society. So these guys are, are really good. They, they deal with the demographic issue um, and they and they understand 
and this is a really important part about demographics. Aging society, if you, when your when your workforce ages, it's inflationary. It's not disinflationary. It's inflationary for a couple of reasons. One is that that old people, uh, particularly once they've retired, um, uh, represent more of a claim on the goods and services of the society, especially in an aging society where, because the, the, the older people in our society use the most healthcare and healthcare is the, you know, very, very intensive. And you know, it's what 14% or 20% of our economy now is related in some way to healthcare. And so, so your aging society starts to have more and more claim on the goods and services and fewer and fewer people actually producing the goods and services. And I guess that's kind of the that boil that that's the fundamental reason. People tend to focus on the consumption aspect um, of of you know aging societies, but they sort of miss the fact that it's a shift to the supply curve. Anyway, they handle it very well. The great demographic reversal, they handle it extremely well. And and again, they back it up with a lot of data and charts and stuff where I just kind of, you know argue it and reason it from first principles, but uh, they do it much better than, than I do. Uh, lastly, I'm going to recommend a work of fiction. And, um, and, and I've, I, I love this book, and um, I've recommended it before on, on my blog, um, and it's called The Mandibles, A Family, 2029 to 2047. There are a lot of great works of fiction that deal with, you know, a lot of the things that we we have ended up actually going through, you know, Atlas Shrugged looks very very similar to a lot of the stuff that's going on today. But what's interesting, so generally when authors write about inflation, they just like totally screw it up. And they get the causes wrong, and they get the effects wrong, and and it just it doesn't really work, and, and it, it's not really believable. Lionel Shriver wrote this book, The Mandibles of Family, 2029, 2047. And it is, and it's it's chilling because there's no part of it, there's no step in it, in the story where you say, well, that couldn't happen. Every single step is completely believable, really could happen. Some of them have happened. Um, and, and, and the effects that, that she discusses um, that, that she posits are, do in fact follow from the causes. In other words, she gets the causes and effects of inflation right. Um, and so, and, but, but moreover puts it in the context of what your life would be like and how it would change your life. And so we can sort of sit here and, and say, you know, talk sterilely about inflation and how it means rise in prices and it's going to be harder to make ends meet and, and wages, blah, 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 blah. And and how would you know two percent inflation turn into five percent inflation turn into ten percent inflation turn into something really bad? Um, but putting it in the context of an actual family, you know, the mandibles are a family, and um, and taking them through this twenty year period, this eighteen year period covered by the book, um, is really brings it home. And it's a great read, a very easy read. Um, I, I actually read it. Um, uh, I listened to the audio, the uh, audible book, 
um, audiobook, and it was it was outstanding. So I, I highly recommend that. Again, all these things I'm going to I'm going to link in uh, in the the show notes. So if you have any interest, and if you do get around to reading any of these, um, and and have a comment, uh, um, then you know please um, you can either comment on the on the podcast uh, post or just send me a note. Um, I think um, I think you'll I think all of these are are reasonably enjoyable except for the blinder one, um, which again is probably just plain necessary. And not to all of you. Oh, there are a few, uh, few of you out there, and you probably know who you are. And you probably are saying to yourself, darn it, I should read that. Um, but uh, the rest of them are, are, are actually fairly entertaining. Now, there are many, many other books out there about money and gold and, and uh, you know, how, how different sorts of money over, over the years and, and about how this affects, you know, markets and trading and, and so on and so forth. Um, again, I've got a whole shelf full of these things. These are the ones that I pulled off the shelf as being sort of my go-to. If somebody said list your your top, you know, eight or ten, these are what I would what I would recommend. Um, and I hope that you enjoy them as well. Anyway, that's all for today. And so let's go back to the trivia question, which was about again about the movies, Godfather movies. The question was: What fruit is associated with an impending death or near miss? according to the Internet Movie Database? And the answer is oranges. So they give, uh, there's two examples here. Um, Don Corleone was, uh, was shopping for oranges when an assassination attempt was made on him. Uh, when he actually dies, the, the Don Corleone actually dies, he is, in fact, eating an orange. So for some reason, orange, oranges are associated with impending death uh, or the near miss. No idea why, but I love symbolism, so I thought that was sort of interesting. Uh, again, if you get a chance, visit the, the new website at Enduring Investments and, and take a look and see me and tell me what you think. Uh, and other than that, that's all for today's podcast. Please like, uh, you know, hit that like button on the uh, on your podcast. Uh, refer other people. Go and read the blog. The blog is up. Um, got, I don't know, well over a thousand subscribers now, and. Um, that's at inflationguy.blog. Um, and um, follow me on Twitter at inflation underscore guy and visit Enduring Investments, that fresh new website, if you have an inflation challenge. But most importantly, defend your money. And if inflation is coming for you, remember, you know a guy.